0: This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. What does it take to get the favor of God? The favor of God. That's what we want to talk about here today on Viewpoint, and I'm glad that you joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction talk that transforms Favor. Everybody wants favor. We want God's favor, but how do we get God's favor? And why is it that it seems, for so many, that the favor of God just seems to be inaccessible? Why is that? Well, today on Viewpoint, we want to talk about that, and I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. The favor of God. We want the favor of our parents. We find throughout the scripture that favor is something that people experienced. They yearned to have the favor of God. They wanted to be increase in favor. In favor with God and man. In fact, when Jesus came and he grew, it says he grew in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and man. That's what we want, isn't it? Favor. But how is favor unlocked? We want to talk about that here today on Viewpoint. I'm glad that you've joined us. As always, it's a conversation with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And I'm thinking as I think about favor, a very famous movie comes to my mind, and I'm not much of a movie watcher, believe me. <laughs> they know me, know that I'm not much of a movie watcher. However, years ago, I believe it was in the 80s, the 1980s, a film came out called Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire. And uh, if you heard the music leading up to it, and so on, it would lead you to a remembrance of one of the most uh, well-known and acknowledged films in recent history, Chariots of Fire. It's the story of a young man up uh, in Scotland. He was called Scotland's fastest wing. In other words, he was a soccer player. And uh, he was renowned there in Scotland at, for his speed and uh, for his prowess in the playing of soccer. But because of his speed, he was also recognized within the area of track and field. And so, as a member of his track and field team for his university, he was selected to run. In fact, the entire picture, the entire story of Chariots of Fire uh, is about this young man, Eric Little, a Christian young man dedicated to the Lord who said, when I run, I feel his favor. When I run, I feel his favor. His sister, also a Christian, was very concerned about her brother, Eric Little, that he was so interested in running and uh, got such recognition for his running, and she was very concerned that it was going to take him away from his faith in the Lord. But he had to tell her, he said, sister, when I run, I feel his favor. And that favor was communicated throughout the movie. For those of you that have seen it, I urge you, you might even want to see it again. I saw it so many times, had my grandchildren see it because I wanted them to be encouraged by how this young man received not only the favor of men, but the favor of Of God. But that wasn't the end of the story. Ultimately, he was selected to run for his country in the Olympics. I believe it was in 1924. But in any event, it was years ago. He was selected to run for his country, Scotland, in the Olympics. And they scheduled his particular run for the Sabbath. Which, in his mind, was Sunday. Sunday. And he said, I can't do it because the, the Lord says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. For to him, then running on the Sabbath would be desecrating the name of the Lord, would not be showing favor to the Lord, and therefore he cannot expect the favor of the Lord in return. And so he said, I can't run. The highest echelons of power in Scotland did everything they could to persuade him to run for national glory and for his showing favor to his country, loyalty to his country. He said, no, my loyalty to God exceeds that of my loyalty to my country. I cannot run. And so he resolved he would not be running. They were very distressed. Because he was Scotland's fastest yard. A a wing, rather. Scotland's fastest wing. And uh, he was the hope of glory for Scotland. That he said, I will not run. I just can't do this. When I run, I feel his favor, but I can't feel his favor if I'm running on the Sabbath. And so... He determined not to run. After being persuaded and persuaded and persuaded and persuaded, and then ultimately, something opened up. I don't know whether it was, I suppose you could say it was God's favor. God's favor opened up with the powers that be in the Olympics. And they changed the run that he was going to do And they opened it up for him to run on another day. As he got into the starting blocks, Charlie Paddock, the famous runner from the United States, before getting into the starting blocks, walked over to Eric Little and handed him a piece of paper. As Eric Little opened this little scrunched up piece of paper... Just before getting into the starting blocks, he read these words. Them that honor me, I will honor. Them that honor me, I will honor. In other words, them that show favor or honor to me, said God, those are the ones that I will show favor to and honor. Them that honor me, I will honor. And, of course, the rest of it was history. Eric ran, and he ran the race of a lifetime, and he won. He won, much to the amazement of all there in the Olympics, Scotland's fastest wing won. They could not understand how he could run the way he did. They said, where do you get the energy? Where do you get the power? Where do you where does it come from? And he said in a speech They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Who? Well, them that honor me. Them that honor me. Them that show God favor, he in turn will return the favor you desire the favor of the Lord? Let's talk about it. This is Viewpoint. If there is ever a time that we need the favor of God, it's today, don't you think? More and more people are yearning for God's favor, but they're not yearning to set the stage that is necessary for that favor. It's not that you can earn God's favor. We don't earn God's favor because it's an extension of his grace, his unmerited Favor, and yet there are conditions for his favor. The Bible says that before honor is humility. Before honor is humility. Well, humility is not something that's characteristic of the American mind and heart. Quite the contrary. It's puffery and it's pride and it's arrogance. Unfortunately, many without, with throughout the world, see that as part of the character of the American people. Not every person in America, but it is a very characteristic thing of American people. So what is it about our lives that sets the stage for God's favor? When we find that out, then we're going to be talking about prayer that brings about the favor of God, that unlocks the favor of God. And before we get there, I want to make available a little book to you called Prayers That Unlock Favor. Releasing the Supernatural and Accelerating Your Destiny. A $13 book, yours, it's a $15 book, yours for $13 on our website, saveus.org. Prayers That Unlock Favor. Now, this is not a self-help program today. It's a God help program. We need the favor of God because in and of ourselves we realize that without his favor we are nothing. Without his favor we're nothing and we need to walk by faith and that's why without faith it's impossible to please God. Because they who come to God must not only believe that he exists or that he is, but that he's a rewarder of them that seek him. And if we're really seeking him the way he wants us to seek him, what we're actually doing is seeking his favor. We'll take a look at what that looks like, what that favor looks like. But before we do, we need to talk about the foundation for that favor. And one of those foundations is, I think, righteousness. If righteousness is the habitation of God's uh, throne, which it is, the Bible says righteousness is the habitation of God's phone, then it's the foundation for favor. In Psalm 512, it says, For you, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will compass him as with a shield. Don't you think that this is a time in which we should yearn that God will compass us as with a shield? And yet the whole idea of righteousness doesn't seem to be something that a lot of people understand. There are two aspects to righteousness. One is right standing with God. That is When we have uh, received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, confessed our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive our sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and so we have a reconciliation and a restoration to favor with God. But then there's another aspect to righteousness, and it is the life of righteousness. It's not the right standing with God. It is the right living with God. And without the right living according to God, we cannot say that we are walking in righteousness. So, what is righteousness? Years ago, and I've shared this story a number of times here on the program, years ago I was uh, on my way to a pastor's prayer gathering, a monthly prayer gathering in Richmond, Virginia, for the uh, pastors in the general area. And so, as I was crossing the James River at about 7.30 in the morning, on my way to the prayer gathering at 8, I asked the Lord a simple question. And by the way, this is frequently how I pray to the Lord. I asked Him a simple question. I said, Lord, how is it that after All of these years and years and years of crying out to you for revival in Richmond, Virginia. And after you called my wife and I to this place, the birthplace of America, to deliver a message to the city and by reason of the city to the rest of the nation, how is it that we have no revival? And how is it that we have no revival in America after... Forty years of national days of prayer. When people were saying, there is so much prayer going up that God has to hear our prayer and give us revival. It was a very simple prayer. Why, Lord, don't we have revival? And he gave me an instant answer. There it was. My pastors are not preaching righteousness. My pastors are not preaching righteousness. Simple answer. So as I'm thinking about that for 10, 15 seconds, he said, and that's the reason why my church is not walking in my favor. And so I'm thinking about that. And he said, that's the reason why also why, My church has no power or authority to speak into the life of your country. No favor. You're not walking in righteousness. So I get to the meeting, and we're having a time of coffee and just general uh, nice conversation around, and I'm chatting with one of the uh, lead pastors in our city. Uh, who was the pastor of a large evangelical congregation that had its roots in the holiness movement back in the late 1800s? And so, I'm sharing this little story with him about my crossing the James River and my tro- uh, uh, chat with the Lord. And he said, "And I, I said, my pastors are not preaching righteousness." And he hung his head, and here's what he said: "Chuck, I don't think I even know how." to preach righteousness. I will never forget the moment. Friends, that's why we don't have the favor of God. If we're not teaching and preaching righteousness and walking in righteousness, how in the world can we expect to have God's favor? Just asking... Maybe that's the reason why we're in the mess we're in. Because we don't really, we're not experiencing God's favor. As a matter of fact, maybe it's just the opposite. Maybe we're actually rejecting God's favor because we're rejecting His Word, His will, and His ways in our individual lives and doing what we please. Can Pope Francis expect God's favor? when he announced yesterday that from now on, priests and bishops and popes in the Roman Catholic Church can bless the practice of homosexuality and homosexual uh, relationships and marriages? Can he expect the favor of God? Whose favor is he seeking? He's certainly not going to get the favor of God. To go against what God says. For God says, it's an abomination. You're beginning to see the point. The point is that whenever we disagree with God, we are also dissing his favor. Now maybe we want his favor, but we're dissing his favor because we are actually setting the stage for his rejection. This isn't all that hard to figure out, is it? Think of it. You're a mom, you're a dad, a grandparent. And if your children are dissing your call to obedience, if they refuse to do what you ask them to do or continue to do what you ask them not to do, is that currying your favor? No. Can they reasonably expect your favor to have you do them a favor? No. And if you're a real parent, from God's viewpoint, you would not cooperate with them until they were reconciled to you, repented, confessed their sin against you, their rebellion, and get in line with your word, your will, and your ways. So, To gain the favor of God, we need to walk in his ways. He said, my ways are not your ways, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. So we need to understand his ways. Now, the other thing that is so foundational to this is that the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. If the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom, then it's also the foundation of favor. Whoever finds me, wisdom finds life and will obtain favor of the Lord, wrote the writer of Proverbs. So righteousness is the foundation of favor, but wisdom is the master key that unlocks it and... The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So let me ask you a question. Why is it that for generations, two generations at least, the very concept of the fear of the Lord found itself in such hard times in America and in our churches, to the point where pastors didn't even want to talk about it? No, we want people to love Jesus. We, we don't want them to fear him. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning or foundation of wisdom. That's the only way that we can ultimately learn to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's a very honest kind of fear, realizing he's God and I'm not. And if we really realize that he's God and I am not, and we trust him enough to do his will and obey him, we're setting ourselves the stage then for the favor of God. Not something that we can earn in and of itself. It's an intangible kind of thing. But God knows when our hearts are right with him. Doesn't he? So I want to uh, make available again to you this little book, Prayers That Unlock Favor. Uh, it's a $15 book, yours for $13. It's on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or you can write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Five. Writing a check at $5 for uh, postage and handling. Are you frustrated? Are you struggling in your life? Do you need a breakthrough? Do you desire to see God's will fulfilled in your life? Maybe, just maybe, we need to understand this issue of favor, this matter of favor. And is it possible to pray for favor? to ask God for favor. You see the favor of God isn't random. It's not so much you hope that God will bless you. You can enjoy the favor of God and walk in the plan of of success and prosperity whatever else he's already wanted you to have. This isn't about self-help. This is about lining up with God's word, his will, and his ways that we might have his favor. In his presence is fullness of life, we're told. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In his presence, in his presence, there is true favor. Unfortunately, many of us don't really want his presence that much. Why? We just don't so much really want to do his will. And we don't feel that we're truly honoring him, so it might not be a good thing to be in his presence. So much for fullness of life. We'll be right back, friends. This is Viewpoint. Favor.
1: There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org.
0: Today we're talking about the favor of God. If there's ever something that we need in times like these, we need the favor of God, don't we? As persecution is rising around the world and even in the United States of America, we need the favor of God. But before that kind of honor, favor received from the Lord is a kind of honor that issues out of our first honoring him. Because them that honor me, said the Lord, I will honor. And before honor is humility. So humility is one of the foremost foundations for the favor of God. I have in my hands the front cover of, and feature article of Newsweek magazine back on March 31st, 1997. Now, that's a while back. That's when Newsweek was still publishing a printed magazine. And you won't believe what the cover story is. Here it is. The Mystery of Prayer. And then it asks this question. Does God play favorites? This is a national news magazine. The mystery of prayer. Does God play favorites? And it's talking about the things that Americans ask for in prayer. Here is the opening statement of the article. It's a lengthy article. The feature article of Newsweek magazine is... God listening. Is God's listening? That's the opening statement or question. Next to it are these words. Most Americans say prayers every day, even though no one knows why only some are answered. Well, God hasn't promised to answer every prayer. Did you know that? God has not promised to answer every prayer. If you were to read the book of Isaiah, chapter 59, starting, I think, right around verse 1 and going through the next several verses, you would find that God says, look, I'm not going to hear your prayers because your hands are defiled with blood, your tongues are muttering perverseness, you just don't agree with my viewpoint concerning life, and I'm not going to answer your prayers. And he said that to Israel that he said was the apple of his eye. Now, why is God determined not to answer their prayers? Because over a period of time, they proved that they weren't interested in honoring him and doing his will. They only wanted to do their own will and then have God put his stamp of approval on it. That's what the Pope did yesterday. He put his stamp of approval in the name of God, in the name of Christ as the vicar of Christ. He put his stamp of approval on that which God says he hates. It's an abomination. The practice of homosexuality. Why did he, why did the Pope do that? because he was more interested in gaining the favor of a broader audience to come under the mothering wings of the papacy and the Vatican than he was in pleasing God. This is how God looks at things, friends. If we go back and we read the scriptures, we find that that's exactly how God looked at things with regard to Israel that he called the apple of his eye. He said, look, I will honor you if you will honor me, and I'm going to show you favor. It's unmerited. I'm going to show you favor, but you're going to have to get your act in order. You're going to have to prepare your own mind and your own heart to be in alignment with my mind and my heart Otherwise, there is no avenue for favor. Not to be outdone, Life Magazine, going back in 1994, March of 1994, when Life Magazine was still being printed, here's the cover story, The Power of Prayer, How Americans Talk to God. You see, we can talk to God, but that doesn't mean he's talking back. We can only expect him to talk back to us in terms that he wants to communicate, not that we want. When our wants line up with his wants, then his favor can be poured out upon us. But his favor is not going to be poured out on the children of dis obedience in fact his wrath will be poured out on the children of disobedience so you see the time for us to seek god's favor is now more than ever if we're on the near edge of the second coming we need to take this seriously it's time to seek the lord it's time to seek his favor But we better make sure that our own lives are prepared to seek his favor with honesty and integrity. U.S. News and World Report. Another news magazine. I have the cover story in my hands right now. The April 26, 1999 issue, when it was still in print. There's a picture of a woman on the front of the magazine with her hand behind her ear as if, I can't hear you. What are you saying? I can't hear you. And the cover story asks this question, huh? The racket of everyday life may be wrecking your hearing. And so I realized this is a powerful message. This is a powerful message to American Christians. Everyday life is growing noisier, and as it does, more Americans are losing their hearing sooner. There's silence where there ought to be sound, and sound where there ought to be silence. Oh, wow. Maybe... That's the reason why we're not experiencing the favor of God. Because if we were experiencing the favor of God, we would be hearing his voice. We wouldn't have to make it up. You say, well, how do you hear the voice of the Lord? You keep talking about how you hear the voice of the Lord. Well, he speaks in a still small voice, you see. But you won't hear that still small voice because, as U.S. News and World Report says, Americans are deaf. We're ruining our hearing because we're so much interested in hearing the noise of the world that we cannot hear the voice of the Lord. In fact, we don't even want to because we're afraid of what he will say. But if you're walking in the favor of the Lord, you're not afraid of what he will say because you know and are confident you're walking in right standing with him, not just because you've confessed him as your Savior, but because you're walking with him as the Lord, our righteousness. You're walking righteously. And he says, son, he says, daughter. I I, I see that. I, I know I know that you're not perfect. I know that you're pressing on. You're pressing on the upward way. New heights you're gaining every so you They're pressing as you're onward bound. You're, I'm planting your feet on higher ground. My favor. So, you can see, I hope, that this matter of favor is very important. If we are grateful, favor will flow. If we're not grateful, favor can't flow. Why is that? Because if we're not walking in gratitude, we're walking in ingratitude. In other words, we are not really grateful for God, for what he is doing in our lives. We're not grateful for his blessings. We're not, because we have an entitlement mentality. And if we have an entitlement mentality, just think how many of us adults feel about the young people who have an entitlement mentality. They're not grateful for anything. And... There's a failure to launch. They can't even get out of their parents' home. They can't get out and do anything because they have an entitlement mentality. They're not grateful. They're not prepared. And there's no seeming favor in their life, therefore. Are you beginning to get the picture? You see, these things are not that difficult, and they're a matter of relationship, And it was about 25 years ago, about 25 years ago, that the Lord revealed to me how important gratitude was. Gratitude first toward him and grateful for everything that he provides, small or great. It changed my viewpoint on so many things. I no longer became, was lamenting or complaining I would see things very differently. I believe that God gave me increasingly his own viewpoint. And it changed even our marriage. Favor, the favor of God was poured out in ways that we had not experienced up to that time. And between husband and wife, you see, these things are, they seem almost like a miracle but they're a matter of relationship. Relationship with God, relationship with one another. Mercy and truth. Over and over again, the psalmist talks about mercy and truth. Mercy and truth. Mercy and truth. Hmm. Maybe there's another key for the favor of God. We'll talk more about that when we get back and how we should pray with regard to favor.
1: But the same can be found right now. Go to SaveUs.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's SaveUs.org. Click Sell Church.
0: Receiving the favor of God. I don't know about you, but I desperately need the favor of God. Over and over again, as my wife and I are together in the morning, every morning, no matter what, if we're not in the same city, we get together over the word by telephone. It doesn't matter where we are. This is a dedication that we have because we know that, unless we continue with this practice that God has put into our hearts, it's going to jeopardize our favor with God. It's not that we can earn it by uh, ritualistically going through some motions. It's not a ritual. It's a practice. It's a practice that we find essential to walk in the favor of the Lord. To walk in the presence of the Lord, because in his presence there's fullness of joy. Without his presence, there's not fullness of joy. There's a lot of other stuff going on, but there's not fullness of joy. So how are we going to walk in the favor of the Lord in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation in whom is literal or no faith and certainly not favor? Well, one way... In the book of Proverbs, it says, don't let mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good understanding with God and man. Mercy and truth. You see, there's something about mercy and truth that bring favor with God. A lot of people want to walk in mercy, but they don't want to walk in truth. You remember what John said about Jesus' first coming? He said, we beheld his glory full of grace and truth. Full of unmerited favor and truth. But you see, you can't have the unmerited favor and you can't have the mercy without the truth because there is no definition for the mercy or the favor without the truth. But somehow we want to have that. The Hebrew word for mercy is hesed, which means kindness toward God. It also means favor. So as we show favor to others, we'll reap favor. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's just a law of sowing and reaping. Are you kind to other people? Do you show them mercy and compassion? In the context of truth? Selfish people don't walk in favor. They don't walk in favor with God and they don't walk in favor with man. Hardness of heart will stop the flow of God's favor. It just shuts up his bowels of compassion, and ours too. So, when we talk about this matter of favor, we want to link it now to the matter of our prayer. Can we actually ask for God's favor? Well, I believe that we can ask for God's favor, but what would we ask for? Are we asking for his blessing, well, that would be the favor of God, wouldn't it? Blessing? Are we asking for his hand? Or are we asking for his heart? Most of us, when we pray, we're asking for the hand of God, but what we're really asking for is the hand out of God. God doesn't want to give handouts. He wants what we receive to come from his heart because our hearts are so closely linked with his heart that favor just flows. So, I'm thinking of a song that we used to sing when I was growing up. It goes like this. Make me a blessing Make me a blessing to someone today. Make me a blessing, O Lord, I pray. Make me a blessing to someone today. Now, that's the kind of prayer that God can hear. Because it's not a prayer of selfishness. It's a prayer of compassion. It's a prayer that weds mercy and truth. Make me a blessing. When my wife and I pray, oftentimes in the morning, that's exactly how we pray. Lord, somehow, amidst all the business as usual in our life today, would you help us to see people the way you see them? Would you help us to recognize, to see people through your eyes, that we might be your hand extended. You see, when you're walking in God's favor, you really don't need to spend a whole lot of time praying for his hand. What you really want to be praying for is his heart. And that's really what David prayed for. I think it's one of the reasons why God said that he was a man after his own heart. Because somehow he understood the heart of God, even though he was far from a perfect man, just like you and I are. So much did God choose to extend favor to David because of that heart relationship that he said, I'm going to cause my Messiah, the Savior of the world, to sit upon your throne forever and ever. You talk about favor, my friend. That's the essence, ultimately, of Christmas. In the fullness of time, God sent unmerited favor to the world, to Israel, And sent forth his only begotten son, full of grace and truth, to bring redemption. He knew the desperate cry of his people amid Roman persecution. Are we feeling a kind of Roman persecution today? You bet. The resurrected Roman Empire is rising right in front of our eyes, friends just as the prophet Daniel foretold, ushering in a whole new world order, contrary to the word, the will, and the ways of God, to God's world order. It is Satan's final effort. And if ever you and I need the favor of God, it's now, isn't it? I yearn so much for the favor of God. When I sit to write, as I did this very morning, every one of my books is handwritten. I don't write on the computer, I write by hand. All 11 books, and they're not short books. But as I sit before the Lord every day to write, I said, Lord, Without your favor, without your revelation, without a display and a communication of your heart for your people, I can't do this. The same is true with coming before you here on the radio every single day for 28 and a half years. I I can't do this by myself. And did you know today I was supposed to have a guest join me? To talk about favor, prayers that unlock favor, and he didn't show up. He didn't show up. Now, what am I supposed to do at one minute before broadcast time? You know what I do? What I have to do? I rely upon the favor of the Lord to speak, to order my thoughts, to bring his heart and mind to my remembrance so that I can communicate his mind and his heart to your heart and mind so that we collectively can be changed into his image and receive his further favor. Do you yearn for God's favor? Let me ask you this. Is there anything in your life today, as you've been listening, and uh, I suspect and I do believe that the Holy Spirit speaks, has he said anything to you, maybe in a still, small voice, maybe reminding you of something where your life is out of order? Maybe your attitude toward others. Maybe your attitude toward your spouse. Maybe your attitude toward God himself. Maybe you're out of sync with his word, his will, and his ways in one or more ways. And he's reminding you of that. You can respond to that even at this moment. Whether you're in your car, whether you're in your home, wherever you happen to be, maybe taking a walk, it doesn't matter. He'll hear your plaintive cry. If you come clean with him, he's willing, if you'll confess clearly without excuse, he's yearning for his children his sons and his daughters, to come clean with him so that there's nothing between me and the Savior. We used to sing a song, nothing between, nothing between. Let there be nothing between me and you, Lord. It's in that position of a sense of wholeness and dependability, depending upon God, that we can receive his unmerited favor. We want to talk a lot about the word grace. And we say, well, that's unmerited favor. Well, yes, it is. But it's for a purpose. It's not to overlook our sin. Grace is not for the purpose of overlooking our sin. That's why we need mercy. And we need truth. Grace is God's unmerited favor to enable us to fulfill and do his will. To walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. To walk in the fullness of the Lord. To walk in the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. We desperately need the favor of the Lord, don't we? Maybe... You don't have the favor of your children. Maybe you don't have the favor of your spouse. There are a lot of pastors out there that don't have the favor of their spouses. 70% of Christian women married to pastors say their marriages aren't very good. Why? In other words, they don't have much favor. It's true. This is a situation for all of us, friends. There's no pride in receiving favor because we know we have no entitlement. Favor comes unmerited. No entitlement. Sometimes we have to wait for the favor of the Lord, like Joseph. Remember? He went through 17 years of being tried until the favor of God was manifested in and through his life for blessing and practical salvation of his people. The same can be true in our lives. We have to be patient to receive his favor. I hope this has been a blessing and encouragement to you. Get a copy of the book, Prayers That Unlock Favor. It's a $15 book. Yours for uh, $13 on our website, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. And become a partner, friends. Yeah, you become a partner. Don't wait on the other guy to do it. He's not doing it. God bless. Be a blessing. And as you allow yourself to become a conduit, he'll show you, you favor. You've listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Griesmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church, declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.